Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, Roy Turner, as always. And man, do we have a crazy, awesome show for you this week. Our special guest is Allie Eve Knox. Uh, she's a uh, high-profile superstar in the uh, adult industry, a camera superstar, and a kind of a webmaster, uh, um, kind of pioneer with a lot of uh, different creative outlets there. Uh, we're going to be have a, be talking with her uh, at length. Lots and lots of great stuff to go over uh, about the current state of the adult industry, um, her experience with um, a reality TV show you might remember a few years ago called The Sex Factor, and lots and lots of great stuff. Joining me, coming back, is one of my favorite people on planet Earth is uh, little Jay Sinclair. Of course, you guys know little Jay is the uh, the deadliest woman in show business and that. Uh, she is a burlesque performer, art, awesome thing uh, that is defies description, even for a guy like me. So we can't wait uh, to to get to all the action here. Uh, we're gonna have some new music. So let's go ahead and get right to it, and let's get Little Jay on the phone. Welcome to Tricky Kid Radio, we welcome back one of my favorite people in the entire world, and there's. No. Yes, and seriously, <laughs> like the hottest thing on two legs. Little Jason Clare, welcome back. Yay, it's so good to be back. I miss you. I miss you as well. So you have been all over the freaking planet since uh, the last time that we spoke in December, or last time that you were on the show was in December. So talk to us about <laughs> that, about your adventures. Seriously, so much has happened in such a short amount of time, I it's like I I had a really good happy cry yesterday morning. It was good. It was awesome. Good. <laughs> so, good. Um, uh, anyone who follows me on social media um, knows that I am now um, part of Sabretooth Clan. Um, I'm involved with the Endless Nights Vampire Balls and uh, Father Sebastian and all of that stuff. And I um, went. I just came back from L.A. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. Sorry, my my days are blowing, blurring together. I yeah, I <laughs> I need a vacation. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I just come came back from L.A. for the L.A. Vampire Ball. Got to meet a lot of my heroes and um, people who I have watched and followed on social media, but never actually got to it like look them in the eye and shake their hand. And I got to do that, which was awesome. Um, and well, I also um, am officially published in Gothesque Magazine now. Yeah, I saw that as well, and congratulations! I mean, Thank of you. course, okay. of course, you are, man. I mean, like I said, it's my little- first. It's my first, like, actual, like, you know, big publication on, like, print. And certainly not the last. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you're talking to the most, uh, what, what is your tag, the most dangerous girl in show Deadliest. Deadliest, because you can be dangerous, but I'll kill a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also where the deadly is, because you're dead sexy, yeah. dead awesome, and now... Uh, and now and now publish and that's just that's just the beginning. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Where can they? Where what's what's coming up next? Where can people can come see you in person and all that good stuff? Okay, so the <coughs> sorry, I'm trying to get over being sick. Um, 
But the next thing that I have going on is I have Dark Circus LA at the end of March. Um, I'm also going to be doing the other Endless Nights um, events. Um, I actually got to perform at um, the Endless Nights uh, Los Angeles Vampire Ball. I just did rope suspension. Oh, um, nice. But I will be doing um, in Tampa and uh, New Orleans. I, um, I'd have to look up the dates, but um, I'm going to be doing the Endless Nights Tampa and New Orleans Vampire Balls, and I'll be doing a uh, burlesque and sideshow, and it'll be a good, sexy, bloody time. <laughs> the the, the, the never-ending uh, Deadliest Woman in Show Business tour uh, continues. You know, I, I uh, was thinking about you as well. We they had the uh, I just returned from the Dallas uh, Burlesque Festival, which is a, yeah. a a big deal, and they had um, lots of of big stars uh, like Raquel Reed and I love uh, Raquel Reed. Raquel Reed and Media Noche just I just watched like I was watching their videos the other day, just appreciating them. Oh Ugh. yeah, have you ever seen them in person? I've never seen them in person. I would. I know I have a couple of um, friends and um, like pe- uh, people I work with who have met and worked with uh, Media Noche and said that she is an absolute sweetheart and she has the most adorable Spanish accent and that her, <laughs> and that her and I are the same height. I'm like, oh great! I don't have to look up at someone when I'm talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> You're both fun sized. Yes, we're both very short. <laughs> Well, it was like Raquel Reed. It was like uh, Angie uh, Pontani, uh, Sweet mm-hmm. Pea. There is a girl here locally that is also famous uh, nationally. The girl named Missy Lisa, and she's kind of the the head of a local um, um, collective called the Ruby Review, and they do shows about twice a month, uh, or at least oh. once a month, at the House of Blues in Dallas and Houston. So we want to give a shout out mm-hmm. to them and they just celebrated their 10th annual festival uh, uh here in Dallas at the, the Dallas Burlesque Festival. So uh well, happy happy 10th anniversary. Yeah, it's a little bit different than than the show that uh that, that you do. It seems to be a little bit more classic burlesque. Tell our listeners uh that may be hearing you for the first time a little bit about what your show is like. Well, I mean, I am capable. Like, I have done classic burlesque, and I do do that because I don't want to limit myself. I mean, of course not. Um, and plus, I like I any opportunity I get on stage, I'm like, I'm I'm your girl. Call me up. I'll do the thing. But uh, what I do is I <laughs> I should probably get this trademark, but um, I guess uh, to describe my work would be um. It would give you a uh, fear boner, is what my um, what my co-producers what my co-producers have uh, told me. Um, and oh, speaking of, I'll come back to another thing I wanted to tell you about, which is awesome. But anyways, what you can Good. expect at a little J show is a lot of it's really messy, really scary, really confused because it's like a it's like sexy and awesome and seductive but i'm also covered in blood and laying on a bed of nails or stapling myself or all kinds of crazy weird things or putting out cigarettes on myself because i do that too so <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's it's sexy but terrifying <laughs> right right so 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 that that's the uh you coined that term 
say say it again. Maybe you should you should uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, what do you patent it whenever you, you yeah. own it? You trademark. That's what yep. I'm looking for. Trademark. So, uh, fear so, boner. Well, I so, also uh, say yeah. I um, I bring a new definition to la petite monte, which uh, directly translates to uh, the tiny or the little death, which is the French term for orgasm. And because <laughs> I'm a little J, see wordplay. I'm I'm clever sometimes. <laughs> you get it? You see what you did there? I love it. <laughs> I love bad puns. I really do. Oh my but, god! You know that's what that's been a, a staple of you and I on this show is like oh, yeah. just how bad of puns can can we make? So I think fear boner is pretty good, pretty accurate because again, what I've seen is like it's without question totally hot. And at the same time, I also am kind of afraid of you as well. So I, I, I get I get that. Uh, kind of like delightfully scared kind of thing. So well, now, what mean, was, that's, that's who I am is the showgirl succubus. I'm a showgirl, but I mean, I'm a demonic being. Like that's... <laughs> so, <laughs> Have you uh, ever met a demonic being that was nice and not terrifying? <laughs> or well, certainly, you know, that didn't at the same time, you know, frighten and titillate somehow uh, simultaneously, you know. Now, you said you had something that you wanted also additionally to share. Yes, sir, I did. Not only am I a performer, but I just started co-producing and producing shows at Hump Day Burlesque, which um, if uh, you guys are unfamiliar, is my hometown uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. I do a uh, bi-weekly burlesque and variety show at the Lost Leaf in downtown Phoenix, and I just started uh, producing. So not only am I performing, but I'm actually, like, doing the business side and running my own shows. Fantastic. That's the way to go, man. I mean, well, like, I, that's the only direction to go. I can't, I can't be confined to a stage. Well, yeah, but not to mention, but also that too. I mean, there is also something very punk rock about what you do, and that was kind of the the appeal to me uh, when you and I first met. Of course, was that there was this very DIY, very punk rock. Where it's got the, the work ethic. It's got the oh, uh, everything I do is DIY. Everything. <laughs> so, so the next evolution, of course, is for now for you to to start producing your own shows. Give a yeah. shout out to to the listeners and plug plug that place. You said it's called Hump Day Burlesque. Yes, because the reason why it's called Hump Day Burlesque is, is because it is on every first and third Wednesday of the month. So there will be a Hump Day Burlesque um, at the Lost Leaf in downtown Phoenix, Arizona, uh, on March 7th at 9.30 p.m. And, and it's no, yeah. no cover, but drink and tip to your heart's content. And we like hanging out and chatting with everyone. So come say hi. Absolutely, that that's awesome, and so so definitely, you guys, if you guys are in Phoenix, Arizona, or you're near there, or you want to take a road trip if you're in the surrounding areas or whatever, go check out Little Jason Clare. Yeah. It will again uh, fear bone you back to the Stone Age. To uh... <laughs> well, the thing is, is this next because it's a variety show. It's not just burlesque. It's also right. like um, sideshow, magician, singers. Um, all kinds of different things. I'm actually not doing burlesque for this hump day. I'm going to be singing. Oh my gosh! 
So do you yeah. want to give that away, or are people just going to have to have to wait and come and see it in person? Uh, you're going to have to either see it in person or catch me at karaoke sometime. <laughs> so. So now what we're gonna so now we're gonna uh, do uh, the song of the week, and then yeah. when we come back we're gonna uh, be welcoming uh, Allie Eve Knox. She's a, a big performer in the adult industry uh, yep, yep. who is uh, has raised her uh, cam game up and is a proprietor of a lot of really interesting uh, artistic sites. So and she song, was just at AVN, right? And she was. Uh, so yeah, she yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. So she was just at AVN, and we're going to get into all of that here in just one second. So we're going to title uh, track from the new album from Fu Manchu. This is called Clone of the Universe. Nice. Okay, so future reshape. Time in reverse. Signal from downtown. Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. 
So you brought up your alley, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm very versatile in my music, so I can go anywhere from Lady Gaga to, like, Pantera. <laughs> well, and speaking of alley and, 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 and bad puns, again, now it leads us to Alley Eve Knox. Yeah. Uh, so, again, like I said, she was just at uh, just returning from AVN. Uh, uh-huh. We had a great time uh, speaking with her, uh, getting into all different types of subjects, spanning her entire career, the current state of the industry. Um, if you recall, she was on uh, the uh, very ill-fated uh, reality yeah. <laughs> show called Sex Factor. Yep. And we 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 talk about what she learned from that and what she's doing and what she her takeaway from that was. And did you ever see Sex Factor? Um, I saw that one episode, um, but that was that that that's just about it. <laughs> so what what did you think of it? Uh, it was it was it was something. <laughs> it, it it was something. I you know I. I'm really weird with reality TV. I I couldn't get into it, um, so I was going into it with the same mindset of like, oh, it's just another like Survivor or something, just you right. know, with with dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the mentality I kind of went into it with, um, and that was the impression that I got. I really liked um, Allie's performance. I thought she was super cool and just like really chill doing your thing and I was not like I was actually surprised to see Buddy Hollywood on there because I am a fan of his and I have a little bit of a crush on him so (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting to see him on there but I did like Ali's performance well, that's good. And again, like I said the show was like three years ago so of course Buddy has gone to but again like I said Ali is going to lay all that out for us uh, uh, here and like I said we have had had a great talk with her so, but, so right before we get to her, let's go ahead and, you know, we got to keep the lights on here. So uh, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about our great sponsors here. Uh, first of all, we want to thank um, all of our great sponsors. Uh, number one, if you go to our, uh, to trickykid.com, not only will you get to see more pictures of what we're talking about, you'll see pictures of Ali Eve Knox, you'll see pictures of the great little Jason Clare, uh, and links where you can learn more and find out more and all that good stuff. And while you're there, if you uh, click on officefurniturecogo.com, if you go there and you buy something, they'll throw a couple bucks back our way. We can kind of keep bringing shows just like this each and every week. Got a lot coming up with a lot of great uh, a lot of great guests coming on. We're going to have Mitch Master Mike uh, in a couple of weeks. We're going to have the great Scotty in from Anthrax. Yay! I'm excited for that one. I'm so and, excited. And lots and lots of great bring to bring you more music and more metal and more hip hop and just more fun. Um, you know, uh, let's keep this keep this party rocking. Of course, you know you also can find us on Twitter uh, under the handle Cookie Kid and the number two. Uh, go look at our YouTube channel. Just type in Tricky Kid TV. Lots and lots of great stuff. Uh, we had the great Natal Cohen, who is a, a drum and a drummer uh, prodigy, who does her these um, amazing mm. drum covers. And then we just and what we're having Larry Hama, the creator of the GI Joe universe. We had a great great time with Larry. Uh, that'll be up on Monday, March fifth, which is actually my birthday. So. So drop in and and uh, and say hi and uh, and uh, and be a part of all of that. Of course, you can find us on Facebook under Cookie Kid Radio Podcast, and again, also streaming at CookieKid.com. The best iTunes and subscribe. 
subscribe. And then if you're feeling generous, leave us a review. Uh, because that's what really helps. That's what really gets 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 the show getting some momentum. It's mm-hmm. what gets us up in the rankings. It keeps it's what, going. That's right. And LJ, so again, where where can they find you on the interwebs? You can find me everywhere. I am on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, this new thing the kids are doing called Vero. Um, all little J. Sinclair. That's L-I-T-T-L-E, the letter J, and Sinclair. Figure it out. (laughs) Kablam. Okay. So without any further ado, why don't you you introduce uh, her, Jay? Ladies and gentlemen, lady dudes and brother ladies, please welcome Allie Eve Knox. Who just returned uh, from AVN, correct? I did. So what was your experience like this year? This is my fourth AVN, some kind of seasoned by now. Right. But this one was really wonderful. We were really busy and did a lot of press this time, which I haven't done in the past. I've just kind of met fans. And it was really wonderful. Good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I think, and not to discount meeting fans or anything like that, but I think a lot of my... I think a lot of my excitement this year was it was a lot more mainstream stuff, which is really exciting for me, um, you know, being a sex worker and never really being allowed in mainstream anything. So to have like Allure and Rolling Stone and stuff ask us questions and it wasn't like nothing was stigmatized and, they, you know, they didn't make fun or they didn't ask really stupid, typical sex worker questions. Right. And they honestly like just treated us like regular people or I mean even kind of celebs it was really great I think that I don't know just being accepted in that mainstream press was just completely different than anything I had been experienced before well that's wonderful yeah. um, now do you think that unfortunately do you think that a lot of the mainstream attention came this year uh, under unfortunate circumstances because of you know, there's been there's been some tragedy that's happening in your industry uh, in the last yes. six or seven months. So, do you think that was the main course of topic there? Yes, I think it was. Well, yes, honestly, it was kind of coupled with the fact um, the company that I was representing, I want clips. They work so hard struck with this. <sighs> honestly, it's just awful. It's yeah. so sad. The industry is really going through something really terrible right now. And it's different than the terrible industry stuff that they typically go through. Yeah. And, you know, this has always happened for sure. But it's just really been magnified with the numbers that's happening right now. Well, you know, I, I can uh, I can attest that your uh, PR firm uh, is picking some. Yeah. But, but is, there, is there a specific award that you kind of set your sights on? Yeah, I'm native for my own stuff, for yeah. my own production. And so that was really... It's huge. Listen, I work out of my bedroom. I, you know, I have a pretty basic setup. I do my own lighting and makeup. Future, you know. Yeah. Taking for control, sure. branding. Absolutely. Not having, not having. It's just when you think about, you can really make a lot of really decent money from your room. All the BS, like. If somebody would have told me that years ago, and maybe, honestly, maybe I had to go through all the crappiness to get here, and maybe that's just how you learn and you have to 
you have to evolve and you have to get the cloud and the traction and all that stuff. But like, if I would have known this three and a half years ago, my business strategy would have been completely damning. So that's originally what I did. Nobody was selling videos. Nobody was making that stuff. And then I remember after about a year later when I came and started another site, everybody had videos. Like you couldn't make money unless you were selling something else that you had made. And it's now just so typical and normal. So maybe you completely are right. Like it's definitely changed. And sure, um, Lexi from Femdom Empire and Christian from Christian Triple X, he's got all kinds of sites. I remember the very first round of porn I shot. I was sitting on his back porch and he was giving me this like interrogation quiz. And it was essentially like to feel me out to see how I would react to him so he could like see my character, right. how I could handle him. But what honestly it turned into was he sat down and said, I'm going to tell you how to be successful. Here is an exact business model that you should follow that Leslie and I have followed for years that we have tweaked. And you know what? I listen to every single piece of advice that man has given me and there's never been a bad one. I and, honestly yeah. owe my success to his mentorship because he literally sat down and said look you're going to cam this long you're going to shoot this long when this doesn't work you're going to film this you're going to you know and it was just right to have somebody sit down and say this is how you make it in the business and so was was transitioning from camming into uh film performance for a studio was that part of the business plan originally yes so originally I, and it, I mean, it's still really what I've gone from and it's, I didn't want to be a porn star. I didn't want to be a cam girl. I wanted to be in the adult business. I wanted to cam. I wanted to film. I wanted to make my own stuff. I wanted to sell my own stuff. I wanted to meet fans. I didn't want to meet fans. I wanted, I wanted all, every single thing. And I think that's honestly how I've had some success. Um, I'm semi-charming. I know you might not be able to tell from this podcast, but. <laughs> and sometimes fairly entertaining. Other than that, I don't know. I think it's probably because I'm like so focused. I'm just on all the time. Master's degree in anthropology. <sighs> Talk to me about that a little bit. Okay. That's how I got into the adult business is I went to school for eight years. I have two bachelor's degrees and then I got my master's degree. And when I got out, I worked for a year in the job that I had gone to school for. And I... I have like $10 left at the end of the month. I support my brother, and I've had him for 10 years probably now, 11 years now. Um, so, I, you know, I had a mouth to feed. I had come off of a divorce at the time, and I took a lot of debt in the divorce. And I was just sitting in insane amount of student loans. I had lived abroad. I mean, like, all just ridiculous. I lived abroad. I had gone to school for so long. I had a lot of student loans, like over $100,000. I had like wow. $10 left in my paycheck. I was like, this is this is not how people live. I was sitting in traffic for like four hours a day, just, just absolutely miserable. Unhappy, like, right. So unhappy, so freaked out, like couldn't sleep. I wasn't able to better my life. I'm like, I had just gone to school for a long time to do right. what I was doing. And... The project that I was on was on a one-year grant, and I found out that I was not going to have a job after a year, and I had just gone to school for eight years to do yeah. this research. And, I, it, you know, it's there's no stability. So I started camming at night, and I remember my first day. My first day I camped, I made 600 bucks. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> in maybe an hour or two. And it was like the skies had opened and I had seen the light. And I know that's a weird thing to say when you've come to the adult business, but like, whoa, this is, this is life-changing. $600 in a few hours from my room. Yeah. Like, this leaving, is cool. Without leaving the yeah. comfort of your own home, right. Yeah. So I started like research because I'm crazy about research. So I started researching like how much the adult business made, how, what adult performers made, you know, different things like that. And at the time, porn was kind of, it was, it was struggling. It was starting to struggle, I suppose. What, what year you know, was it? 2014. And it had struggled okay. before that. But like the stuff that I was reading, you know, in Jenna Jameson's time, she was making a gajillion dollars every second. And it was like, oh, I went in on this. Right. And so I entered into porn that December, probably that December. I was on this like really, you know, this is really good for my business model, but I don't live here. I don't really want to be a porn star. This is a really good like supplement and this is a really excellent stepping stone for my own like personal production. And then I really saw the light and said, you know, there's a lot of money here. I can do this in my room. I can I don't have to sit in traffic because that was my like honestly that was my biggest complaint and thankful and I can't imagine that somebody can live a lifestyle like this. But let's focus on this for a second, though. Okay, so okay. All, all the academia in the world, all yeah. the, the the business model, all of that in the world, still for some people may not they help them um, or, or convince them at least in the in the sense to be uh, an adult performer. So t- talk to me about like was it ever something that that you thought about? Okay. Um, and I guess, yeah, that does really kind of speak to my character. <laughs> and it, well, one thing that's huge is I was born without shame. I, honest to God, like, I don't feel shame. I don't really get it. Bless you. It's just, <laughs> I, it's, it's, and it's, like, really pretty crazy coming from, like, having conversations with people that are like, oh, my God, I'm just not comfortable with my body. No, never had that. I I don't know if it was just, like, my super liberal upbringing or the fact that, my family was like insanely supportive and inclusive and like just whatever, you know, okay, fine. They were, you know, I was raised by a whole bunch of hippies and they were just like, yeah, whatever you want. Life is beautiful. Sex is beautiful. So a support system was probably was, was crucial in this, in this conversion. Is that what you, what you say? You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't certainly credit that, but honestly, probably. Okay. It certainly shaped my attitude toward things, if nothing else. Because it's not like my mom was out there rooting me to, for me to show my tits, but right. you know she was real thrilled when I paid my student loans off, and she was real thrilled that I had been able to provide a lifestyle for my brother. That's he's incredibly comfortable and happy and safe, and you know those things honestly are more important than the fact that I, should, you know, you can Google my genitals. Right. So, so what you're saying, what you got in exchange for that yeah. is that the I guess the juices work a squeeze, as they like to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, but talk about that first day, though. So, when you when you made you applied your you know an, an academic outlook onto this, and then at that point was there was it a no brainer? Was was there any fear? Talk about that no. first day of, of of camming when you made the six hundred dollars in a few hours. No, I mean I think there was like all that nervousness and anxiety of like not knowing the system, not knowing how people talk to you on the internet. I have, I'm not a social person and I'm not a sexual person. I mean, I've had like outside of porn, I've had four sexual partners in my entire life. Like it's not this, 
I'm not like meeting men in bars kind of thing, experimenting, whatever. It's just I think I just had this comfortability with my body. Plus, I had like done Playboy and stuff like that a a lot earlier. So that had kind of like inched me in, I suppose. But, I see. Okay, so I wasn't aware of that. So, so before the uh-huh. camming, you already had some experience of yeah. being. Okay, so of okay, so so there wasn't. It wasn't just like this light bulb turned on and you just went into your bedroom and then I'm just trying. To I mean, it really wasn't, and, and yeah, and that's why I can't really necessarily credit like a support system because I think this is just my character. Because I remember I being like in high school and like we would change and it was no big deal for me to change in front of others, like female or male. There was no like. Oh my God! I'm gonna turn them on with my tits. It's more like, okay, I'm gonna change. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so I don't know so if that was practical. just like my character, and my attitude. Yeah. So just so, and then also, I like what you said too, because you said you grew up with hippies and kind of, you know, liberated uh-huh. and, and that sort of thing. But that doesn't necessarily equate to being necessarily promiscuous. Right. Oh yeah. No, not at all. And I and I don't mean that. It was more of a, you know, your body's fine and beautiful, and if you want to show it to people, like whatever. It wasn't something to be shameful. I've never, oh, my God, I've never in my life had sex shamed from my family. Never. Well, been, it's never been, been like a, yeah, and it's a really, like, healthy, wonderful thing. So when so, so when you got, like I said, oh, my God, $600, and you kind of yeah. saw that you were going to be very popular pretty much from the beginning, was going out to California uh, to film for studios, was that just the natural next thing? Was that just the, the evolution of that? Um, I don't know that I was popular from the beginning. I think that girls are able to do that even if they aren't necessarily popular. I think if you just focus and, like, find your niche, you can make money. It, I don't even necessarily think it makes, it makes anything to do with popular because I really oh. never wasn't. I'm, like, not even super really successful. I'm just kind of like a mediocre everything right now. Okay, but but the same. But time, it is I, kind of flattering. <laughs> well, thank you. But I'm, about, I'm just saying. I'm just being honest here. I'm saying because not every per like I mean, there are a million cam girls. Only some are going to be able to kind of make that transition or get the attention from some of the, the bigger studios. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so that's what I mean. So, talk about that. How did okay. talk about that journey there? How okay, you're camming for a while. This is happening now. Now you're going out and shooting for major studios. Talk about that for a second. Okay. So then I knew the next step to get more popular, to get a bigger name in this, was porn. And just by chance, they were starting Sex Factor. And this is right around the time where I was like, you know what, I can shoot porn. Like, I can have a ton of followers and I can, you know, start driving traffic. And this is how, this is how I'm going to have, this is how I'm going to get my boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is how I'm going to make my name. Because camming, cool. I'm I'm big on this site or I'm all, well, I kind of wasn't big on the site. It was kind of medium on the site. I was doing well. But I knew that there was something that could take me to the next level. And it was because the porn stars on that site, they would moonlight and do a show a week. And they would make so much money. And people loved them so much. And it was like, oh, well, what the hell? I can do this. I can't do the splits, but I can, like, have a conversation. <laughs> so well, Sex Factor yeah. was starting. So okay. I applied. Do you want to go there now? Yes. Okay. So I applied for Sex Factor, and, like, in 15 seconds, they called me. And now, in hindsight, it's I know it's because they didn't get a lot of applicants because who was like, who the hell wants to go into porn on a reality show? Well, I thought it was genius, not to mention the fact that we were told it was, they were shooting for Showtime. So I thought, okay, this is perfect for my customer base because the people that I want to cater to are not people who are going to a tube site and just watching stuff for free. People that I want to cater to are people that pay for cable TV. 
Right. Because if they right. pay for cable TV, they're a lot more likely to pay for porn. And they're a lot more likely to tip cam girls. And they're a lot more likely to buy my videos. So this, to me, was a foolproof strategy. I'm going to get on the show. It's only going to be seen by Showtime people. I'm going to get a little bit of clout. This is cool. So show up, tape a show, realize that's all a lie. <laughs> Nothing was true. And they ended up having to okay, sell it to okay, x okay, 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 somebody okay. Oh, Hang on, pause okay. there. You get out okay. there and you said that, that all this was going to happen, and you got up there and you said that nothing was true. It was all a lie. What does that mean? Uh-huh. Okay, so they, they really wasn't being shot for Showtime. They actually had been um, turned down by Showtime because Showtime didn't want it because it was too lame. So they were still filming with a professional production crew. So we went out a couple of times. The second time I got out there, I started to get the feeling that, you know, this maybe, like maybe they don't have a lot of money to give away to the winner. And maybe they aren't really providing the education that they were saying that they were. Because I'm big on education. I like to know everything. And they were right. billing the show as come get your Ivy League porn education. And they had five really top porn stars. And so I thought, oh, cool. They're going to sit us down. They're going to tell us this is how you do well in business. This is how you make it in porn. This is how <laughs> porn works. This is right. Here's my advice. And so that's why I joined because I, that's what I want. Tell me how to do this. Right. You've been in this industry for 10 plus years and you're still successful. Tell me how. Well, because you respond to academia. That's your background. Yes. That's, that's who you and are. And strategy. It, and strategy. Mm-hmm. So if, if this is porn you, like universities, yes. you know. This know is this. it. Right. Okay. So that mm-hmm. was the appeal for you. Okay. So continue. Absolutely. So I get there and it's fun. Like I meet some people that I really connect with and. You know, I do have a little bit of, I do get a little bit of advice from a few of the porn stars. It's not like super practical advice because theirs was certainly like porn star. This is how you, this is how you're successful porn star. And I knew at that time, like, I don't want to, I want to be in the adult business. I don't want to okay. just shoot porn. I want to do it all. So I have it written here. So what is, who gave you the best advice and what was it? Um, Tori Black. For sure. And it's just because she and I connected on a personal level and we became kind of friends and kind of hung out after that. Um, but I really respect the fact that she is very honest. Yes. She's very honest. She will tell you the terrible things. She will tell you the wonderful things. She will tell you. The, and to me, that's so refreshing because I want to know. I want to know all the good. I want to know all the bad. I want to know everything. And so that was really good. The <laughs> The piece that sticks out in my mind <laughs> and I actually kind of reference this sometimes a little bit later in life. She told me, the first 20 times you do anal, it will be awful. After that, it won't be as bad. The first 20? The first 20 times you do anal, it'll be awful. And she said, oh after that, it won't be as bad. And I remember thinking, is she really describing to me something? Is Like, that's that's the selling point is it won't be as bad? <laughs> this is the best she's got to say about this. Right. So that was also the day that I decided I will never shoot anal. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds awful. <laughs> was it anything you had any curiosity or, 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 I mean, when it comes to, like, we're talking about business, but was there anything on that end that you were looking forward to exploring that you hadn't done in your personal life? Or what, was there any sort of appeal like that beyond the business and, and the money making for you? Never. Okay. And so and when somebody Never. tells you it's going to take 20 times, it's it, it, it going to be a, 
<laughs> the class is kind of a bit of a uh, a mountain to climb there. Uh, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> so, so for you, it was it was it was entirely about business. So there wasn't, you know, oh well, this is going to be cool. I can, you know, maybe explore some of this personal Never. stuff here. Okay. That, 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 that's As important. a matter of fact, and so there was another girl on the show that ended up winning the show, and I remember like being so confused because her her only thing was like she liked to do it. She liked to have sex. And that's why she wanted to be important. And for me, I don't get that. Like, what? It's not because you want to make a lot of money and you have this whole, like, plan. It's just because you like to do it. Now, we're, we're talking about Blair Williams, right? And so, yes. Okay. Who is an incredibly successful porn star. So maybe maybe also the, the difference in background, because she had, from what I understand, a, uh, a very sheltered background. I think she was even like a – wasn't she working at a church as like a preschool teacher and, and had almost no experience? So I think that maybe for her – No experience in what? In – well, maybe in sex and in business. Huh. So so maybe for her, I mean, you know, we could say all day long that it was maybe, a, you know, obviously maybe a, a bit naive, or unless she's happy, and like you said, she's currently being successful. But I like I like that contrast there that that your motivation was business, and then her motivation was simply experience. Oh, totally. And you know, and she, she may have liked getting the makeup done and all that stuff because I don't know. I've never really even spent time with her because that how this show worked. We literally like shot our scenes and then we went to separate rooms. So. Like, I have no idea. I don't know anything about her. I've probably said two lines to her my entire life. But I do know that her motivation was like, she she's a very sexual person, and she likes to do it. And to me, I don't get it. And it's so just because I'm not like that. I'm completely right. business-focused. And for her, she didn't get my whole, I've come in here to make money thing. Was there any conflict about that or, uh, uh, like, on set about that? Was there no. Any, we, you no. found yourself conflicting with anybody? Oh, no. I stay to myself because I don't even care about people. So <laughs> I'm like insanely antisocial, not to mention the fact that I would literally stop shooting the scene or whatever, and then I'd go to my room and cam. So it, it, like okay, I spent okay. I spent every second I possibly could making money. Because that was your focus, and that's what, the, what you were there to do. Yeah. So talk about this then. I knew that there were like most how most of these kind of like live in reality shows work is that they you go and then they film for like three weeks, maybe a month, and then they wrap and then they kind of uh, part- partition the episodes out one at a time. The filming for for the X Factor was kind of different. You guys were there were like large gaps. In between yes. filming, uh, talk about that. Like, how how long were the gaps, okay. and why? And why? So I was round one. I got drafted in round one, and that was in December 2014. And then we shot for a few days, and then we did the round two at AVN. And we had to do round two because nobody signed up <laughs> to be on the show, and they had cut the people that they thought were going to work and didn't work. I mean, like, really didn't work. <laughs> so they had to do another essentially round of, ca- of casting. So I so, remember so that why did day. They, why, did, why didn't they work? For a variety of reasons. They were just like, I hate to say this because this really like perpetuates the stigma on sex workers, but like strung out or knocked up or just really lame. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you'll find that in any industry. I don't think that's mutually exclusive to, to the adult industry. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't help when I talk about sex workers that I way. Understand, I understand that. So we'll move on yeah. from that. Okay, so December 14th, they did, they did a second round at AVN 2015, yeah. which was actually my first AVN, and I remember you. I remember them doing the casting there. Yeah, so we had to finish casting there, and I remember walking around that day, and they were like, look, We've got to find one more girl. Like, go pick anybody. It doesn't even matter who who it is. Just pick somebody. Because we had to round up the 16. Okay. So we did that. And then we shot a little bit there. And then we waited, like, let's see, this is January. I think we came back in May and shot for another week, maybe. It would have been prudent for them to get a house, put us all in the house, tape every single thing, run it for three weeks, we're done. But right. they didn't. So you know. So the going. What did you What did you draw from your experience with that? Because it's certainly not like I said. You were there for the reasons we we stated. Yeah. The, there's no way. It would be, in all fairness, there's no way we could say that your experience with X Factor is indicative of the the adult industry at large. It was something very much outside of that. Is that fair to say? It was very different. I mean, when I started shooting porn, I remember my first shoot that I shot, it was so different than anything I had experienced on the sex factor. And sex factor, like the porn part was shot by porn guys. So they, you know, they shot that regularly, but it wasn't like, you know, this is how a porn is going to go. This is how you're going to interact with people. This is how you're going to test. This is how to do all this stuff. You know, I didn't know any of that stuff. Right. So, and you, and didn't, plus, and you didn't learn any of that from there either. Right. No, but and the beauty of everything is I was gifted with this agent. So now I was stuck with the agent. And I will not say anything disparaging about the agent because, quite honestly, for very young girls getting into the business, he is an excellent agent. For girls that are more seasoned and older, it doesn't work very well. He's a niche kind of, you know what I mean? Right, for sure, for sure. And so worked, he, good. What? No, no, no. I was going to say, like how how American Idol works is that what they, what they don't tell you is that the fine print is that when you win, my background is in the music industry, by the way, is that they you're now settled with this manager yeah, and this it. record contract, uh-huh. and you don't and you can't get out of that. Yeah. Did you have a similar experience? I did. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it was a real bummer, and I didn't realize at the beginning that. I was given the impression when I find out that if I wanted to be on the show, this is the manager I got. And at the time, it was completely fine. So I get with him, and then I – and this whole time, from December till May, I can't shoot. You can't – actually, it was until July. We're under contract, so we can't shoot until the show comes out, until we're given approval. So that you entire can, time when though, I – right? I can cam. Right, but I can't put good. out any – I can't put out any boy girl that I've shot. I can't okay. shoot anything for any production company until given the okay, which is in July that year, 2015. So I didn't know this going in because originally they said, we're going to put you in a house, three weeks, we're going to film, y'all go. Cool. That's what I wanted. Again, that, <laughs> that didn't have to be true. So I was bound in this contract to not shoot then for, what was that, seven, eight months, which is a lifetime. Yes. When you're trying to, you know – I'm trying to ride this momentum and this cloud, essentially, and I can't. I can't do anything. I'm stuck in this contract. 
And so then I'm stuck in this contract with this agent who we don't work. We just don't work for for reasons that uh, a ton of reasons. We just, we we're not right for each other. Fair enough. So I decide when I start shooting porn, I shoot a couple of rounds, and it goes okay. It's fine. I don't really like it necessarily because there's just a lot of stuff in porn that, like, what? I don't get it. How do y'all? How do you? How are you still in business? And it's stuff like, you know, they don't necessarily book the girls that show up on time. They don't necessarily book the girls that are really responsible and are great on camera. They book the people the fans want. Right. And if okay. I had a nickel for every single time a fan told me I should work with somebody that is a huge, horrible person, I wouldn't have to work anymore. Because there's so many people that, you know, they don't they get strung out and they don't show up for four days while you're sitting in Arizona waiting to shoot. Or they show up hours late or they have meltdowns on camera or and these people just keep getting booked and booked. So there's no like actual fairness in porn. And to me, it was just kind of like, oh, wait, well, hold on. I don't want to play this political game. I just want to shoot and make some cash. Right, right. It's kind so, of hard to do. So that's interesting to me. And that's, uh-huh. that's huge, actually, because to, so what you're saying is, in a sense, that, okay, that the transition that you made to now, actually what we're calling shooting versus camming, because it was was in the contract within the agent. So you meaning that being on the show, you were now contractually obligated to now shoot some scenes that this agent had for you. Is that correct? No. If I shot scenes, I had to shoot them through him. I didn't have to shoot. I could have said, to hell with this, I'm going back to Jersey or whatever. But, yeah, if I wanted to shoot, I had to go through him. I'm now gifted with this agent for two years. And so now, okay, so now in the, on the second fold is, is it, like I said, the whole point that you did any of this, your whole motivation was simply happiness. So it's not for all the other different reasons. So for you. If we're calling so money the, equals happiness, then yes. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. Just, just overall, you're not, you're not willing to shoot with somebody that you deem a horrible person for a horrible experience for any amount of money. It so wasn't that, that I didn't. It wasn't that I wouldn't shoot with them. It was I was just kept having these experiences where I'd be stuck in somewhere for four days and somebody didn't show up because they were supposed to shoot. And it was just it wasn't that like this kept happening, but it kept happening. Okay. And it was so just kind of this thing that, that I made. didn't. Oh no! It was just I would shoot, and then I, you know, I would see these like immaturities in the system. Okay. You know that, or I don't know, production just like wouldn't be prepared and we would spend a whole lot of time having to reshoot something because he couldn't get his script right or something. You know, it's just, I, what? Get well, yeah, you together. Come from, on. Right. And you coming from academia and you're working for somebody else, there's kind of that notion that if I can do this better than you or I'm having to tell you to do your job, then why am I not doing this myself? Yes. But you're also Not to mention the fact that I have to, like, fly, test, get out there, stay in a model house, which is a whole other thing. So it was a lot of – and it's not like I just woke up in the morning and I drove from my apartment in WeHo. You know, it was a whole, like, a lot. (laughs) You know, it was a lot to do this. And what the hell am I doing? Like, what the hell am I doing? Just to get a few dozen followers on Twitter? Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. So at this point, I had started to realize how you can really make money in the industry. And it wasn't by having a lot of followers, and it wasn't by necessarily having a lot of fans. It was having those special fans, and it was making my own stuff. So at this point, after my first round of shooting, mind you, at the end of that first round of shooting, I sat down with Christian, 
And he said, let me tell you how to make it here. So now I've got all this ammo from a man who's made it in the, in the industry for decades. I have info from his girlfriend who's doing exactly what I want to do. She's making her own content. She's making it for people that will pay well. And she's being able to explore her female empowerment. So the, so I, like, the right. idea, the takeaway from this is uh-huh. quality versus quantity. Yes. Okay. Yes. That and now I have a strategy and now I know I know what's proven. I know what these people have been doing. I, I have it. I've got the info now. Right. So this and is that, after that my first round point. of shooting. That was the that whole was point, the right? whole point. That was the whole point. Now, so, you need an, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, spending no, go this ahead. one afternoon with this one man and I've got it all. And that was so helpful to me. Oh my God. I think of that day so many times because it was like, <laughs> I, I can credit my success to that conversation. Anyway, so I go back and I shoot a second round of porn. I shoot a third round of porn. I shoot a fourth round of porn. But my second, third, and fourth rounds of porn are people I liked, are companies that I worked with the first time that I really liked and they had their stuff together and they showed up on time and they were really friendly and they made beautiful stuff. So I figured out the loophole for me to continue shooting porn is to just shoot whoever I want to shoot with and not to shoot stuff just to get a paycheck. So instead of going out for three weeks and trying to shoot every day, I'm going to go out for seven days and book seven days of shoots that I'm really stoked about. And I had the ability to do that because I had developed a reputation from being on the show. So I do have to say some good things about the show. Okay. And so because not every performer has that much of a luxury. I mean, a lot of people think that you can just shoot with whoever you want, but if you – a lot of the up-and-comers, when they're getting started, it's it's a job. Like it's a job no matter what. Mm-hmm. But the grind. But yeah, it's a it's a certain grind that you're contracted through this company, and you're going to shoot with this person, and being able to, to to have what they call a no list and all that. That's not something mm-hmm. that, that that very few get to do uh, in the in the beginning. Or, right. or yeah, no, not at all. So do you think that that came from? So you think that. That what afforded you that was the notoriety that came from the show. One million percent, yes. Okay, you also did an interview with ABC. Um, it also <laughs> kind of raised your awareness. Talk about that. Like, first of all, how did that come about? Did they contact you? What? How did that? How did that? Come yes. About? Okay, so we're gonna go shoot Sex Factor for the first time, and they email out and say, "Who's interested in being on ABC?" Well, okay. If my point is, I want to get my name out there. Well, hell yeah. Sure, let's do this. Okay, so, okay, 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 stop right there for a second. Okay, so yeah. who who is saying that? Who is saying who is? Um, I suppose it was the executive producer of the show at the time of sex, of Sex Factor. Yes. Got it. Okay, continue. Okay, who wants to do this? I do. <laughs> <laughs> the journalist flies out, and she gets there, and actually, she, I really bond with her. <laughs> we have a really good time, and she's not convinced that this is real either. We're like, okay, we're going to fill this out together. And so she was kind of like my sounding board during the first round of shooting because I could go to her and say, okay, what do you think of this? You know, how how legit does this seem? Because at the time when we were showing up, it was kind of like, is this real? Yeah. Because, and it turned out to not be. But, you know, it's a pretty crazy idea. And I never felt unsafe, and I was never unsafe. 
but it's a pretty crazy thing. Well, it's kind of like the fire festival. I think these people were just kind of like, let's fake it yeah. till we make, till we make oh my it. Oh, God, that's an excellent comparison. Yeah, so it's like let's let's fake it till we make it, and and then we'll see what happens, and and this is what happens. So the deal with the ABC interview, so that wasn't just like some one day sit down no. thing. You spent how much time did you spend with 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 the? What, let's see, whatever that first round was, probably four or five days. Okay. And I liked her, and she was very cool, and she got it and she got me and whatever so she goes back and writes her piece and then they say and I don't see it I don't know what they're doing and then they say we're going to come back when you go to Vegas and we're going to follow up and see what you think because it's been a few weeks you've shot a few things for the show like how do you feel so they come back and it's not just the journalist anymore it's the I guess he's like the interviewer on the show Right, the host. The host, I suppose he is, and he <sighs> he was rough. I mean, he was not rough for me, but like he sent another friend of mine like out in tears. Oh my god! And was and she was just like, oh my god, what am I doing with my life? Kind of thing. Um, so that was that. But they, I could see that they were crafting this piece completely different from the original time that I had spent with her. Because at first it was kind of about, you know, you're here, you've got a plan, this is cool, you're going to make some money. And then I could see he was like, how's your family going to think about this? You're showing your body on the Internet. It's going to be there forever. How do you feel? Well, fine, okay, fine, whatever. But other people couldn't take it. Yeah. So So he was kind of a soul crusher. So do you think his motivation was – a personal thing to to kind of maybe convert no. people, or do you think it was just he was just trying to get that reaction? No, it was it's it's how ABC writes that show. That's right, that's right. So, because he was actually very cool when the camera was off, he was just like, "I think you're onto something," and he was very cool. The the personal moments that we actually had together, he was cool. But that's not what ABC wants you to see. So right. then the show comes out. So the show comes out and. They edit it in a way that makes me just kind of look like young and naive, and I'm like, I'm going to get in the porn business and be rich. Well, you can tell from having this conversation with me that I'm not, I'm not, first of all, I'm not young, and I'm certainly not naive, and I have a whole plan here, and it's this whole thing, and I've thought through it, and I, you know, I've, I've made my pros and cons list, and it's not just something that I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy and wonderful. And that's how they build it. Well, I, well, I'm not blowing smoke here, Allie, when I tell you this. And actually, I think you actually came off a little better than, than what, what you might have thought that you did because it was actually one of the reasons that drew us to you or why we wanted you actually on the show today because I do know how those pieces are written. And yeah. I was wanting to kind of hear it firsthand from you because you do come off actually driven and kind of self-aware. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. And I thought that was uh, something that was uh, not, not – not by comparison, I just thought that that this was an important story to tell, you know. So when you walk well, away, great. so when you walk yeah. away from the X Factor, okay, after the whole thing wraps, are you aware at any time during this that that for the most part, people 
not only outside the industry, but now people on the inside the industry, pretty much anybody that has an opinion about the X factor is a bit of a negative one. At what point were you becoming aware of this? Okay. So to follow back up on the ABC and then to tell, to answer that question, it is. Okay. ABC goes and puts their stuff out and it's before anything has launched. We have been done shooting. So I already know that the money wasn't real and it wasn't going to show time. And so I'm saying this on the follow-up interview. I'm like, you know, this is, this sucks because I really thought this was going to work and I thought this was a plan and I really like committed to this idea. That was not totally true. Anyway, um, so ABC posted on their Facebook or whatever, and I'm – so I go and I read the comments. And first of all, it's Facebook, so I should have known my audience. Secondly, every single thing is like overwork, underpaid soccer mom, railing on me for being like this – young girl that's got into the porn business and has ruined her life kind of thing. And so to me, it's crazy because like, I didn't think I came off like that. Me watching the piece, I didn't think I came off like that. And then I realized, you know, how media manipulates things and how like, duh, this is ABC. I should have known. Like how, how was I so dumb to think that my liberal ideas would be accepted or (laughs) that I would be taken seriously. So then I realized oh, wait a minute, maybe there's a whole lot of negative attention here. Because people in the industry had been just kind of like, a, oh, yeah, right, whatever. We saw this a year ago because apparently they had debuted at ABN like a year prior to that. Right. So at this point, it's not even a real show. People are just like, yeah, right, whatever. It's going to flop. It's no big deal. And it was just it was just kind of regarded as a joke. And when I would tell people I was on that show, they were just like, oh, y'all really shot that show? So we're supposed to host it. Yes. Something happened there as well. Yeah. I made the best situation. You're, you got you're, it, you're being a, a Texan, dash. actually. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm really bad at it. Well, because we regard. I can tell you that my favorite Mexican food place in San Antonio was Rosario's. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> um, I'm a huge Slitterbond fan. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else. I do Fredericksburg uh, a lot. Okay. What about what about Franklin's uh, barbecue in Austin? Have you ever stood in line for that? I've never stood in line, but I will stand forever at Salt Lake. Oh, okay. okay. But let me tell you the trick at Salt Lake. So when you go on Mother's Day weekend and they tell you they have a four-hour wait, you call it in, you get it to go, and then you eat it in the parking lot. <laughs> and it only takes 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they will give you ice cream to go, too. So it's a little tip if you don't want to stand in line for a while. You see, Al, you got it all figured out, man. You know? know. See? 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 I'm not anti-social. I'm going to go eat in the parking lot. (laughs) Imagine pulling up to Salt Lake and seeing, hey, is that the ABC News girl, like, eating ice? Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Full-fledged covered in barbecue sauce. (laughs) Do you get recognized? Unfortunately, I only get recognized within incredibly inappropriate times. Like when I'm with my aunt who's just had surgery and I'm standing outside waiting for her to be picked up at a hotel. Those kinds of things. Yeah, like just that or when I'm with my mother, it happens a lot, which really freaks her out because now she thinks someone's going to murder me. So, But no, not not really a lot because I don't go anywhere. And maybe yeah. people recognize me and they don't say things, which I appreciate. So, <laughs> thank you. 
Well, okay, so were you were you more antisocial beforehand, or are you saying that the attention? No, 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 no. This is a lifelong thing for sure. But it's good to know that you're as uh, you're a Salt Lake girl because I I tended to be a Stubbs guy uh, for, and I still, and again, music again. Um, I toured many years with a band that's kind of uh, Stubbs is kind of their second home, and uh, and so you know the whole uh, barbecue debate. I'm glad to hear you weigh in on that. And and again, offering the tip that to circumvent the weight, just eat mm-hmm. in the parking lot, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steph does have killer mashed potatoes, though, so I can't oh, yeah. I can't knock them very hard. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and then there's a place that actually this guy wrote this book called the The Prophets of Smoked Meat, and he was featured on Anthony Bourdain's travel show. And Bourdain even comes down to Texas and goes to Franklin's in Austin with him. And he listed the second best place in the book is a place called Pecan Lodge, which is here in Dallas in uh, the Deep Ellum area, which if you're not from Dallas is kind of like a version of like the Lower East Side of New York or maybe the Sunset Strip kind of just a a neighborhood of of bars and clubs and, and nightlife and that sort of thing. So, uh, so that's great uh, that that we were able to, to to learn that from you that uh, that you're a that you're a Celtic girl. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to like discount the places in like Lockhart and Luling, all those tiny ones that are still like on the map. Right, right. Yeah, you still got to check those out too. Well, I and any other any other uh, Texas landmarks that you'd like to plug. Hmm. And speaking of, uh, of plugging, tell ever all our listeners, where can they find you on the interwebs? Probably my easiest thing to do is just go to AllieKnox.com. That'll reroute you to all three of my clip sites, my fourth clip site that I'll hopefully be launching next month. And so, <laughs> and so, so you you are you run AllieEveKnox.com. Uh, was it? It's PrettyWeirdGirls.com. Uh, and GoddessAllie.com. Okay. So pretty and then I've weird. Got, Go ahead. I've got kissing coeds that's going to okay. launch here anytime soon. I just I'm like busy with another project currently. I got you. Okay. And so prettyweirdgirls.com. That's kind of a kind of a unique. Uh, was it just available, or is that is that something you had just Googled and like? What no. Was, what so that's kind of that? like the that's kind of the focus of the website. It's just pretty stuff. It's weird stuff. So it's like cinematic fetish based. So it's hardly any scripts. It's not a lot of talking. It's just like pretty weird stuff. And it was just because I was traveling with this group of girls at the time, and we would go to different places and different events. And they were just so fun to shoot, and they would do weird stuff. And so you'd say, let's do a makeout and get lipstick all over us. And they were very down for it. Or to eat something with your feet. They were very cool. So it was became <laughs> this like this little pet project that I could still like express and do my weird stuff right. because after you, you know, you can only make, you make 200 sissy videos and it's kind of the same thing. You're just in different outfits and it just kind of gets lame. You know, it's yeah. how many times can I tell you to whack off this way or whatever? You know, it's just, so I needed something where I could do that. I could just fill my like artistic urge and that's how that was born. <laughs> well, that's fantastic because, again, like you said, because you're so much more than just that, you know, the kind of a one myopic type kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a one-trick pony, if you will. Um, yeah. 
and so this is a way for you to kind of be able to express that and be excited about it and, and, and have some creativity and a different side of, of, of Allie Knox. So all of our listeners, check out uh, those sites. Where can they find you on social media, Allie? I'm Allie Eve Knox on Twitter, and that's all I have if you find me anywhere else. It's not real. It's probably some dude. See, okay, so that's the debunking process right there. So, yeah. So, again, you're only on Twitter. Anywhere else is BS, right? It's BS. <laughs> Allie, I can't thank you enough for joining us this week. This has been so fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's been great. going on and it's kind of it's it's pretty sad like it just seems kind of like they dropped the ball for sure i mean thankfully for her you know it had a happy ending and and as you mentioned yeah, but yeah. but and how you mentioned buddy hollywood earlier and so there's a, a few that actually came came out of it um maybe even a little bit better uh, for it but it's to their own credit like ali eve knox to her own credit that she kind of you know, understood what it took right. and and kind of put uh-huh. in the work to make it happen. But um, no, continue. exactly, what, what and that's you, what, what you got to do, and that's why and that's why she's as success, as successful as she is now. And same thing goes for Buddy Hollywood, because I mean they've they knew like less lesson learned and kind of moved forward. Well, you know, and again, like I said, and there's, uh, you know, speaking of, of happy endings and unhappy endings, of course, we'd be, we would be remiss if we hadn't mentioned, um, you know, if you listen to the episodes we did with uh, with Eva Lovia and, and right. Ariana Marie, uh, there's been even more tragedy, uh, unfortunately, that seems to have just befallen the adult industry uh, lately. And we're, again, I'm, I'm not a thoughts and prayers kind of guy. Yeah, That's, no. Uh, you know, the idea is to raise... Um, you know, mental awareness. If you may, you heard that uh, Allie talking about in the interview about the Bank of Rolling Stone recently did, did a pretty widespread piece, and and the idea is to raise mental health awareness in every industry, not just this one. But this one yeah. seems to be the you know being afflicted the most. Now, again, you you don't ex- exactly do what what these ladies do, but you're you're part of this industry in a sense. Why do I'm you an think, adult. I, sorry. I was going to say, why do you think that this industry, mental health, is seemingly even seem to be even more uh, uh, important, or attention to that seems to be need to be brought to this industry the most currently? I just feel like you know it doesn't matter what industry you're in. I mean, we like we are human beings. We all have our demons that we're dealing with, and they may not all be the same, but we, like, everyone has something going on, and they should be, like, we should be treated as, like, human beings and have these issues addressed and, like, in, like, 
not shy away or ignore it just because it makes people uncomfortable. Like, this is real life. This is actually happening. You can't just play around in a fantasy all the time. Like, these, for, for like, sure. these are people. Well, not to mention, I think, is it, is it fair to say there's a lot of uh, uh, emotional, um, I don't know, stress that in this line of work, because it is, a, like you said, it is a fantasy. So you it- have to kind of be that fantasy all the time. And then that kind of, doesn't that kind of it's lend exhausting. itself? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so talk, talk a little bit about, about your experience with that. You're, you're very cool uh, and very great about separating the two, but talk to me about like how you could see how that might be difficult for, for somebody else. Well, I used to, I used to not be able to separate the two and that was an issue. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, there was some time where I was not a good person and I, like I've, I turned off, well, I'm, I am a good person, but I made like, I did dumb stuff and I let my character, the showgirl succubus, I let little Jay take the driver's seat and you know, that doesn't make for a good friend, a good daughter, a good sister that no. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, uh, the reason, like, for me, it's um, because Little J is such a strong, like, in-your-face, like, pal personality, I just kind of, like, m- me as, like, like, me as just, you know, Jay, I'm more goofy and kind of, like, ho- like I'm homebody and very, right. like, grounded and I try, How were you I try able to very get hard to keep my feet on the ground when I am just being me and I'm not well, on stage. Well, how were you able, because you said at one point you, you were unable to separate it. How do you think, at what point, how were you able to do that? Um, I start like, what I did was, because I was on all the time, I thought that I had to be, like, any time I was out, I always was trying to sell the character, just bring the character to life. But um, you you can't necessarily do that at just a bar with your friends. And it right. got like it it got to a point where people were um, not hanging out with me because I was getting really narcissistic and vain, and I was commanding everyone's attention. And um, when it was brought to my attention, I'm like I. I am so sorry. I had no idea that I that you were feeling this way or that I was behaving that way and I did everything in my power to correct that and make sure that I don't, you know, that that she doesn't come out. <laughs> and do you think that it was, you know, from a mental standpoint, do you think that you were able to be a healthier performer and a healthier person and a better friend and just living a better life? What do you contribute that to? I contribute that to, um, like, that's more of a, like, I don't know. I I guess I misunderstand your question. Well, well, again, you were able to to, to do it. I, I, I understand that you went from being somebody that was a bit reckless and out of control to being mm-hmm. one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. So well, I took, what, I took what a lot do you, of time. Okay, go for it. 
I, t- I took a lot of time away from bars, away from clubs. I actually stopped drinking. Um, well, not not completely stopped drinking, but I don't like I don't drink unless it's like very special occasion or like a glass of wine with a steak. But that's about it. Um, but I stayed away from like parties, bars drinking all of that because as a performer people love you so much and they want to offer you the world and you don't want to say no and be rude so um I had to say no and stay home and not do any of that and the only time I ever went out was when I had a show so so for you it was able to kind of streamline it as as business and not and kind of keep yourself away or protect yourself from some of the trappings that can kind of go with that and kind yeah. of establish those boundaries. So I guess the word boundaries would be the yeah. it's way very, to take away there. It's very, very easy to get lost in the character, especially like especially as the character, not just from the audience perspective. It's very easy to get lost in all of the excitement and all of the fun and you just want to, like, stay on this ride, but you can't because life still happens. Right. <laughs> and li- life is always going to be there to happen, and it's you can't ignore it. Very, very, very well said, Jay. This is, what, this is why you're one of my favorite people in the world, man. Thank you so, so much for joining us this week. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, Girl just flew in from L.A. She's a star. She's all over the place and got up early uh, to join us even while she's recovering from from, from being sick. Uh, Little Jason Clare, the best to do it. I can't thank you enough for joining us this week. Thank you so much, Roy. We can do this again sometime. Oh, we will. (laughs) No, we will. (laughs) 